I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, here's, here's a filthy one. Utah, going on the road to Corvallis, home of the giant killers, Rob, after Oregon State is going to come off of a bye, and Utah will have just played USC and ASU. And if there's one thing we know about Corvallis, many, many programs, power programs, have been buried there <laughs> under the fog. Um, it's a fun fan base, and it's a team that's going to be able to put up some points and maybe challenge that secondary a little bit if Jebbia gets his act together. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta-ranked college football statistical model, and we are a sharp college football podcast. You heard it. You heard that clip. August 9th, 2021, last year's trap game, Colin Oregon State's win over Utah. Thanks for joining us. We are about to head into our annual trap game episode, one of my favorite ones uh, of the year. And joined as always to talk through Pac-12 football news and to look forward to look into our crystal ball and look at some of those weird scheduling quirks that we have up in the 2022 season. And Mr. Rob Bowron of Sharp College Football. Rob, how are you, sir? I'm good. Really good. Like, uh... Like got got a bunch got through a ton of work. Got the Minnesota preview out today. Like things are things are up. Oh, Kirk Shiraka dropping the second album, the follow up. I like it. Yeah, I like it. How are they? How are they looking, Rob? What do you, What do you think about Minnesota? Uh, you know, there's some stuff to like about the Golden Gophers. I think to your point, you know, Shiraka reuniting with Tanner Morgan, who feels like in his he's in his like ninth year playing college football. Um, they really have to fix the passing offense, which was awful last season under new Colorado offensive coordinator, Mike Sanford. The defense has never really been particularly good for them. Um, but I think if the offense is really able to rebound, uh, and the special teams is able to bounce back, I think Minnesota could surprise. I mean, look, the big 10 West isn't overwhelming. I mean, it's, Wisconsin with an excellent defense and a terrible offense and Iowa with a very, very good defense and a terrible offense. And that's it. You just have to get lucky versus those two. <laughs> well, I, I asked because Colorado is going to be playing Minnesota in their non-conference schedule, which is part of this show. This, this uh, week's yep. episode, we're going to go through all the PAC 12 non-conference games. We're going to rank them. We're going to talk about possible upsets in the non-conference and go into our trap games I I love I love this because there's all these funky quirks, right? Teams come off of a bye. Teams have seven weeks without a bye. Teams uh, are looking ahead. Maybe they have Oregon on the schedule, and then they slip up at ASU. There's all these little little hiccups that come up on the road, and we're trying to look into uh, where we're going and foreseeing that. Last year, I thought we did fairly well. Um, I frankly we picked too many. I I, I I was doing shotgun blasts all over the place, and I realized that I was done in. By my complete distrust of Chip Kelly and the UCLA program, I think four of the trap games I picked were UCLA, and they went all of them. You pull that, and I went like seven and two. <laughs> I, ended <up> going <laughs> se- I ended up going seven and six. But I do think that the the big the big uh, games that we tackled, we really hit. You called Utah State over over Washington State. Uh, you just heard the clip calling. Oregon State over Utah. Um, my big pick. I, I went. I went doubly in on this. It was funny. Our friend Hithliday from uh, the Quack Twelve podcast and Addicted to Quack, but talking on Twitter where you can follow us at Twelve Pack Radio. We were talking about the launch of this episode, and I kind of touted, "You're welcome." Like 
basically we did five minutes on Washington State against Arizona. Washington State was put on this earth to destroy and just completely poke with a stick the the remnants of the Arizona football program, which ended up happening. Like I I, I bet on that game twice. It was the one of the largest bets I made, and then I did it again. So I was pretty excited about that. So we're really trying to get into uh, the schedule here and look at some of these quirks. What what are some things that you look at when you're looking at trap games and the possibility of teams you know tripping up, even though the numbers might say that they have a significant advantage. Well, I, mean, I think you want what you want to see is a team that maybe somebody's going to overlook, but that is still pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like that, you know, that has and, and and pretty good. Like you're mostly talking about like within the range that like one or two turnovers or just a bad day, they can pop up and beat them, right? Like you have an off day on these guys. You don't have your focus. You don't have your A game um, for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, like the the game the week before or the game the week after or coming off a bye, um, you know, like is this, you know, and, and really like, you know, there's, you know, is, is this a game that you could potentially lose? Because look, I mean, there are going to be games, you know, like I don't think I would project – you know, like Arizona played Utah tough last year, but I don't think you would project like Arizona or Colorado this season, like as a trap game for the Utes, no matter where they fall, because Utah's going to win the game. I mean, like now Utah may not cover the spread, which, um, but which, they're going to win. Yeah, which they did, by the, the way. Game. Like we called yeah. that. That was one of the big ones we called too. It was like, oh my gosh, like Utah just played USC. They're playing Oregon. And then they have to fly right. to Tucson and play this dumb Arizona team. And there is no way on God's green earth they're going to bring their A game. And they did it. <laughs> like that game was right. pretty close for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's really like, and you are far better at picking the, and finding the trap games than I am. Yeah. So like this, but it's, I mean, I, when I look for him, that's what I'm sort of looking for is like, where, where's a spot on the schedule where somebody could really, you know, you know, trip, trip up, like, where could they be, you know, feeling good after what they did the week before or looking ahead to what they need to do the next week. Oh, the team's feeling themselves after a big win. Love it. That's, that's my favorite. Like you, you win a big, a big road game at, at Washington, at Oregon, and then you're going to ASU and it's 90 degrees outside and Herm Edwards is about to get fired. Look out, man. That that's where, that's where the stuff happens. I love it. This is, this is one of my favorite episodes from here on out, by the way, we're going straight into previews. I looked at the calendar and went, holy smokes, the college football season is coming up faster than I could have possibly imagined. So we're in full preview mode right now. We're starting with the non-conference schedules. And and Rob, as I'm looking through the different teams in the Pac-12 and the non-conference games they had, I kind of tiered these. I thought there were some really like bold teams that went out there. Like Now, you know, sometimes bold and stupid, but bold nonetheless. I think there's some <laughs> programs on here that did that. Uh, so let, let's, let's start, let's start tiering these. Let's go from tier one, which is like the, the best, um, the, the, the most challenging and interesting non-conference games. And then the tiers I have after that, I have like tier two where there's like maybe one or two games that are, that are interesting. Uh, tier three, I put like uh, you know, teams that have one interesting game on their schedule, like interesting enough, like that I might be interested in traveling to that game. And then I just right. have a gross tier and, and spoiler alert, it's just UCLA. <laughs> so like, oh my God. UCLA's <laughs> non-conference schedule is hideous. <laughs> so stupid. I'm so mad. <laughs> All right. Not well, driving, not driving attendance this year at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. 
Bowling Bowling Green coming to uh, the Rose Bowl isn't going to do it to me. Uh, do it for me this year. Uh, Rob, okay, Rob, let's let's talk with that tier that tier one here. What what are some teams here whose non uh, non conference schedule really jump off the map, jump off the page, and make you go, wow, that that's that's quite a uh, that's quite a heavy lift. Honestly, like this, it's, I mean, it's, it freaking cracks me up that this is the case. Uh, the team that probably has the most fun, interesting non-conference schedule, and they, some of these may not be great games, but is uh, it's it's sort of a toss-up for me between Colorado and Arizona. <laughs> the, the two worst teams in the conference. The two worst teams <laughs> in the back But really, like, if you go through their schedule – there's not there's not a bad game that they've got. I, I now, you those are those are like again like I, I take it into account. I'm not saying that Arizona or Colorado is going to be super competitive, but they have a they have a each of them have a full non-conference schedule that you know like nobody's going to look at if you're an Arizona fan and say like oh I'm not going to that like we're going to be up by fifty at halftime. Oh, absolutely. Like these, these will not be good games. They will be interesting games. You know, Arizona starts on the road at San Diego state, the PAC 12 right. co-champion last year of the PAC 12 West. Um, you know, then they, they go, they have Mississippi state at home. Mike Leach, yep. the pirate returns. He comes to Tucson where by the way, he's torched, just torched Arizona's I mean, He used to have, I mean, he just used to just tar Marcel. I mean, he just used to just Marcel Yates. He had his numbers so bad. <laughs> He oh put, my God! He put him in a little jar and poked holes, you know, in the top yeah. so Yates can breathe in it. Oh, it was just, it was just awful. Um, so he returns, and by the way, Mississippi State has a has a, a pretty good defense too. Um, yep. And then after that, you're like, oh, all right, cool. Like, let's take a break. We're playing an FCS game. No, no, no. It's an FCS game against like 17 time national champion North Dakota State. Where, frankly, Rob, I, do you think Arizona is favored in that game? Because I don't think they should be. I don't think they should be. I mean, look, the, the, the San Diego state line has tightened up as uh, you know, as the, since it opened, um, Mississippi state beta rank has projected as a top 10 team. This is in all likelihood, unless like, here's the one thing that is good. If you're an Arizona fan, that's an 11 PM Starkville kickoff time. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's go. So if there is like a, like something slightly in Arizona's favor, is that it is going to be, I mean, don't get me wrong, Starkville's hot, but it is going to be 100 degrees and 11 p.m. local, or, you know, 11 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time for Mississippi State in that game. So, like, there's not, uh, you know, there, like, there's potentially that, but, like, Arizona's probably going to need two or three turnovers. Um, you know, it, Mississippi State's QB and that offense really were sneaky, really good last season. Um, but then you get North Dakota State, who is really good. And uh, I mean, like, I think Arizona's best shot at a win is San Diego state, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That dumb offense, you know, they're just going to run the ball over and over and over again. And, you know, you better yep. hope that those tackles and the, the line, more importantly, the linebackers behind them, um, have their act together. Cause they didn't last year. That was, that was a, a disaster in the desert. I mean, just yeah. awful. Arizona lost like 34 to negative six. I mean, that that's what it felt like in that game. And it was funny because like 34 points for San Diego state is like blowing the doors off of a team. You know, so it's like when, oh, yeah. when Virginia's basketball team scores 60 points and you go, my God, they're destroying them. You know, that was kind of what it felt like with San Diego state's team. Uh, let's, let's move to Colorado, Rob, because my goodness, we're, we're talking about stupid games. By the way, like Arizona's, 
uh, non-conference game was built out of a you know a Greg Byrne fever dream. You know that that he was in hot sweats <laughs> before he moved on over to Alabama. What a disaster there! But but speaking of like fever dreams, I mean Colorado. Holy Moses, this is an awful schedule. Like if you're a Buffs fan, I apologize. Like trigger warning right now. This is terrible. Yeah, I look TCU was really bad last season. And they do get the Horn Frogs at home, but man, Sonny Dykes can coach offense. Uh, he made a really good defensive coordinator hire out of uh, from Tulsa to come in and run his defense. I really, I, I think TCU is a pretty significant bounce back candidate. Um, I, I'm spacing the name of like my my TCU friends are going to get on me. I'm spacing the name of their. They have a legit first round potential oh. wide receiver, you know, um, uh, in the draft. They. Uh, TCU should be a lot better than they were. Um, Colorado comes in. We have listed some of the problems, but this is, I mean, again, this is a really interesting game, right? <laughs> well, we, we saw, we, we saw a version of this with a, with a less stupid offense in um, when Cal played TCU. That was a fun, that was a fun game. I really enjoyed that. Um, and it went back and forth, but I just Colorado is not as good as Cal and, uh, and they have Mike Sanford yeah. now as their offensive coordinator who was run out of town multiple times, uh, particularly at Minnesota. I mean, that was, that was a disaster. And, and they lose both starting corner. Like, I mean, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. Sonny Tykes is just going to throw right up your throat. So keep a lookout for that. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the quarters and, in Oregon and USC that transferred, will just be watching that game and chuckling to themselves. Uh, and then and then you got to go on the you don't even have Air Force at home you have to go to um uh are they where, where are they at the, uh, Colorado, Colorado Springs. Springs yeah Colorado Springs beautiful so place you're on a bus <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so I mean like the good thing is they don't have an altitude issue you know because they're both at altitude but my goodness like I mean it's still like like they're at the second highest stadium in college football at a, like, uh, over seven thousand feet um. So Colorado's at about a mile. So, I mean, yeah, like they're not like going to be sucking oxygen, but like it, it, there's a little altitude there. Oh my gosh. And and ha, wh- where does Beta Rank project Air Force? Because that's oh, a Air good Force program. projects to be really good. Number 23 overall. Uh, they're a 17 point favorite over Colorado at home in the projection model. But <clears throat> there's a day Air Force has a new defensive coordinator coming in. Hazik Daniels, they're, they're excellent, excellent quarterback. Um, at running, you know, at running the, the, uh, the option for them, they are, it's hard to tell if Troy Calhoun is just giving everybody the okie doke and talking up his injuries, <laughs> but uh-huh. there's a possibility that Ezekiel Daniels won't be back for this game. I would still think air force is likely a, a winner here. Um, I think that Troy Calhoun has put some, like, I don't think this is like Navy with Malcolm Perry. Well, like Malcolm Perry was just unbelievable. That like last great Navy team that like all of a sudden Niamatololo put together. Um, but I do think like Air Force, even with, without Daniels, they're probably more like a seven point favorite. Okay. I just, I feel like that game is it's the opposite ends of the spectrum, right? It's like throwing your almost uh, decapitated body in a freezer and then dropping it in hot water right afterwards, just to see the different types of pain a Colorado fan can go through, right? You're going to get thrown Uh, on for 500 yards and then you're going to have to get a root canal in Colorado Springs. where they are going to run for 500 yards. Oh, it's awful. And then you got to go to Minnesota team. We just talked about. Yeah. I mean, Minnesota's had a really good offensive line. They ran the ball really well last season where they really struggled with throwing the football. You're, they're hoping with Shiraka and Morgan, they're able to put it together. 
Um, but this, this is, I mean, look, I mean, like kudos to Colorado. This is a, this is a really good non-conference schedule. This is the kind of non-conference schedule, like you want teams to put together, but on the road, back to back weeks, like, I mean, if, if Zeke Daniels plays Colorado's going to be, you know, in beta rank right now, you know, back to back 17 point underdogs. And I would assume that Minnesota's offense is going to be a little bit more run heavy than pass heavy with Shiraka or, or is, is it like, it, it's almost like a Goldilocks thing, right? You know, TCU's passing offense is too hot. Air Force's running offense is too cold. And oh, now we got to play a perfectly balanced Minnesota on the road. Like it's just, just right. I don't know. Uh, what, what do they, what do you think that offense looks like this year? I mean, I, I think they are going to try to throw the ball more and more effectively than they did, you know, last year. It just really does depend on, um, the QB situation. I mean, not the QB, the wide receiver situation. I think Morgan can be fine, but the last time he was really good, he had two NFL wide receivers that he was tossing to. Um, so that I think is something to, to certainly keep an eye on. I, I like them to be better, but, um, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> like, I think that they could potentially with Shiraka, they could potentially sneak up and be a top, you know, maybe a top 20 offense. If they are like, they're going to put up big points on Colorado. Mm. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, you know, moving on, I put Utah in the tier one just because they are flying across the country to Gainesville, Florida to play in the swamp. And I have to like, I don't care if you're playing Southern Utah afterwards, like that, that is a banger game that that counts for two points in my book. And then again, they have the Pac-12 West, uh, you know, national champions, San Diego state on the docket as well. Although it's in Salt Lake city this year. I mean, I would, but I would, I mean, I would, I would rank this schedule right with, um, what, what, uh, Oregon has. Yeah. Right. Cause they're going to Atlanta to play Georgia you know, and then they get BYU, right? I mean, like there's a, there's a forgettable FCS game thrown in there and BYU, I mean, offensively should be really good. Uh, now defensively, they are a riding the struggle bus, but, um, like BYU is like sort of the anti San Diego state. Like remember <laughs> last year with the, remember last year when, um, I, I really thought like, Hey, maybe this Gunnar Cruz guy isn't terrible. And it just turned out that BYU has no defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, because the next week against San Diego state, you're like, Oh my God, Gunnar Cruz is awful. <laughs> um, you know, like their Oregon should be able to move the ball. Um, uh, but this, you know, Utah has got their work cut out for them and they have, I think what is really interesting here. I mean, and, I like that they're not just playing like a neutral site game. This, you know, they do have a home and home with Florida. Um, but, uh, you know, I like, you know, Utah's traditionally been a little bit of a slow starter as we have seen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, like that, like this non-conference schedule, they should be favored over They're favored over. I mean, I don't think I'm trying to recall. They may not be favored in Vegas over. Oh, they are. Florida. Two, they're two points, two point favorite. Oh, it's moved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it opened as Florida is a favorite. Yeah. Um, but beta has got them as almost a touchdown favorite over Florida and it's got Florida <laughs> at number 22, 
but Utah's really, I mean, I think like Utah really does need to put it together um, out of the gate. Like you cannot go. I mean, look, I don't think Billy Napier necessarily has it figured out this year, but you cannot go in there and turn the ball over not have it figured out offensively and fuss around like they do. They have done a lot of years. Which you prefer to go on the road to Florida as a fan, just as a pure fan and watch Utah play Florida or go to Georgia and watch Oregon play uh, or go to Atlanta, not, not actual Athens, but go to Atlanta and watch Oregon play Georgia. I'd rather go to the swamp. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we talked, we, now we talked about maybe going to this game Yeah. and our Traditional reaction was like September third in the swamp, Gross. like de- death. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you'll find me. My visit to the swamp will be some November game. <laughs> and, and like and like getting to Gainesville is kind of like getting to Mordor, right? Like where you don't, you know, just one does not just yeah. fly into Gainesville. You got yeah. you got to brave the heat and like all <laughs> in the battlements outside. Uh, yeah, that that good luck, good luck, Utah. I'm actually I I already put a wager on Utah. I think this is a great game. I would love to go see this live, but we we chose a different one. Uh, but but let's let's talk Oregon. I, th- I we already talked about the neutral game, you know, in in Atlanta against Georgia. They got Eastern Washington after that, and then BYU. I I, I was looking at the season win totals, and like I think like Oregon could lose to BYU. Yeah, I mean, like like we talked about, you know, I mean, look, I, I like Lanning to clean things up defensively. And that was their major problem last season. But I'm not like, I mean, look, I've got Oregon projected at number 14. I've got BYU projected at 40. Oregon at home is only a seven point favorite in beta rank here. I mean, Oregon could lose to BYU. I mean, you could go out and turn the ball over, you know, once and you're in a real tight game. Yeah. And people should, people should absolutely not overlook, you know, BYU's offense and their, their quarterback is legit, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, like, like they're there, you know, Jaron Hall is, is a good passer. He's an, he is electric with, you ground. know, on the ground. Um, he is really dangerous. Um, and they are going to have their hands full with him. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about that game. Well, yeah, they play a, they play a bunch. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of teams after this where you'd be like that you would, that I would rank exactly together as you're like, Oh, they play a decent team and BYU. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, right, you have, well, I, I do think USC is a shade above this, right? They have Rice, which will be a walkover, but they have Fresno State at home. And we've seen Fresno State, you know, take a couple Pac 12 teams to the brink. Oregon and UC, UCLA last year, they still have Jake yeah. Hayner, uh, the greatest of the Jakes, the ultimate Jake. Um, yeah. And then they have Notre Dame. And right. I mean, that's, that's a legit. Right. Like, I mean, you basically can replace rice with like Northern Arizona and it's the same thing. Like rice sucks and they will suck for a long time. But, yep. um, but what do you think of that? The Fresno state game, I think is fascinating. I mean, obviously the Notre Dame game is going to be interesting at home. I mean, I've got, you know, we've got Fresno state projected at 49. Now USC right now, the, the model is undoubtedly under projecting because of the impossible, almost impossible to calculate roster turnover. Yeah. <laughs> with the Trojans and they were frankly really bad last season. Um, and it's hard to bounce back, uh, as much, I think as people are really projecting for them. So they're the, the USC, I think is going to be fairly volatile in beta rank for at least the first four weeks. Um, my hope is, as they settle down 
pretty quickly. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're, they're only a three-point favorite in beta rank versus Fresno State. I probably think that's closer to 10. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, like, whew, buddy, like, they, they really could get tested by Fresno State. Yeah. Um, defensively, because, like, what did this defense really struggle with last season? Like, defending the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, that's my big, you know, like that is a really big concern here is like, did they do enough? Have they brought in enough to really improve that pass defense and that pass rush? No, <laughs> I think the answer yeah. is no. Like, so you mentioned, you know, you would say that that line would be 10. Uh, yeah, it, it's 10 and a half. Ooh, buddy. I'm looking at that real nice and sharp because I just, this, this is a likely shootout and you know, Fresno state, you, you bring back, um, oh my gosh, who's the, uh, Jeff Tedford. Right, coming yeah. back, Jeff Tepper gave a lot of a lot of problems in his sharp coach, and I just I'm pretty excited about what he's putting together there. And then of course you have Notre Dame, and then after that, I think it drops a tier, which is kind of unfair to Stanford, right? Because you have Colgate, and then you have Notre Dame and BYU. Um, and by the way, I've, I don't think it's I don't think it's I mean it feels like it drops. I I think I would have Stanford up with anybody else on there. Like Notre Dame and BYU is just as good as Notre Dame and Fresno State. Yeah, I think I think I just saw toothpaste on the on the thing, and I just was like I just started laughing. And <laughs> <down the tier. laughs> uh, you know, we already talked about now they do go on the road to Notre Dame, so it's different for Stanford. Um, you know, when we talk about our trap games, that Stanford BYU game, like I fear, I fear on many levels for the Stanford five, the five Stanford fans in the fan base, because I think that that game gets extremely out of control. Like, like Stanford could lose that game by 25 and I wouldn't think twice about Oof. it. <laughs> I mean, following Cal Thanksgiving weekend in a overwhelmingly empty stadium <laughs> with, with a bad defense, right? That just is, is oh. going to be a disaster. That, that game is going to, how suck. many yards does Hall have in that game oh combined gosh. passing and passing and rushing? I mean, 500. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it could be that bad and I mean, I think Stanford moves the ball, but because I don't think I don't think BYU's defense is any good. But yeah, that's true. I I still think even with that though, like I think BYU's defense is interesting enough where it's like yeah. you know it's it's not like Stanford is this massive juggernaut. They haven't been able to run the ball. I'm sure they'll run the ball a little bit on BYU, but that that passing game is real. Like they're gonna have to shred shred BYU secondary, which they might, and they still will probably lose by twenty by twenty points. Because, like, it's the explosive play factor, right? Like, I don't think Stanford's putting up 60-yard bombs. I think BYU gets 20 yards a pop sometimes in these games. You know, you know, speaking of Notre Dame, like, I've, I've figured out the Notre Dame model, right? So um, they d- I just saw the story that they're trying to get, like, $70 million for independent rights um, because they want to continue only playing the ACC and the Pac-12, two, two conferences that are just pure trash. Uh, Notre Dame yeah. plays. Cal- I mean, like you a, a Notre Dame schedule is five ACC games: Stanford, USC, Cal- Navy, and then yeah, like some other teams sprinkled in. Oh, they got Cal too. They got three. three yeah, effectual. yeah. It's it's a uh, it's pretty funny. Um, I mean, Cal's another one you'd throw in and be like, yeah, sure, why not? Like you're playing Notre Dame too. <laughs> well, like I, now, I, UNL, now they get UNLV. Yeah, a team that was the. Surprisingly fun last season. Do they lose that game? Like that's that's a game, right? They just, they lost in Nevada. UNLV, UNLV comes in like you mentioned with it. Their that offense really picked up. 
And I think we're going to see very quickly whether or not Cal actually is fielding a defense that's worth anything. It's Here's just like Cal's a, Cal's a seven point favorite in that game in beta rank. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. I mean, like I, like Cal projects at 69, which is nice, but not good. Mm-hmm. And um, UNLV is 101. Oh, how's that defense for UNLV? Not great. It was mostly offense that sort of helped them put it together oh, last season. But here's but the thing: Cal doesn't have an offense. I know. Like, I like this. This game could be interesting. Like in Cal. Oh man, like Cal. <laughs> <laughs> Cal. Cal's offense has just been like I just I just can't. I just almost can't fathom being a Cal fan and having to go watch you know, another year of the Wilcox offense, like just gouge my eyes out. I can't let's go. Let's go. Let's I'm book. I'm bookmarking that a uh, UNLV game here as we go into our trap games. Um, then they, then they have Notre Dame, which we've talked about. Uh, so here's, if, if you want a hipster non-conference schedule, I, I got one for you. Do I have an igloo for you to sell? Uh, Oregon state. Yeah. Boise. Well, are we missing one though? Who are you looking at? Well, somebody else that has like a real, more marquee game on their schedule. Oh, you want you want their Washington State? I guess uh, right. No, that- no, no. Because not only that, then they get Jay Norvell. Colorado State might be like Colorado State might be legitimately fun this season. Oh, I, I think they lose that game too. I like that. I like what you're thinking. Oh, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Coug fans. <laughs> <laughs> so well, so you, so you. <laughs> Like, they get, I, like, I'm sorry, but like they start out with Idaho. Are, I, do you, does everybody know this? Like Idaho's coach is Pac-12 lifer Charlie Raggle. Oh, um, yeah, who's like got hired over from Cal. Hired uh, Devonte Neal, who had been at Arizona as a cornerback after transferring from Notre Dame, and like two months after Devonte Neal oh, gets yeah. hired. He got charged with a cold case murder in Phoenix. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, they oh. should beat Idaho, but <laughs> woof. Well, so so Kook fans, just I just want to prepare you, right? Because I've I've seen this movie. I might before. have that wrong. That might have been Idaho State. Regardless, it's a funny story about Charlie Regal. <laughs> well, like I I've seen this movie before as an Arizona fan, right? Uh, Arizona has Idaho on the schedule. It's like, uh, it's Mike Stoops. It's like a second year. And Arizona just beats the doors off of Idaho. It's 70 to nothing. BYU comes in town, beats Arizona by like 14. <laughs> like everybody, like Kook fans, do not get your hopes up when you score 97 points on Idaho. And then you got to fly over to Madison, Wisconsin for your second game. Uh, that that could be a very, very cold splash in the face. For, no, for I mean, state. like we're about to do trap games. Like my biggest trap game is actually this Colorado State game, which is sandwiched for Washington State between a trip to Wisconsin and then they get Oregon. Oh, gross, gross. It's- yeah. So then they get Jay Nor. Then they get Colorado State, who has Jay Norvell, his entire staff, his quarterback coming over from Nevada. Like, oh my god, <laughs> how's their defense though? That like because I do think I I really really firmly believe in this Washington State team. Um, I I I bet the over. It's five and a half. And I looked at their schedule and I just, I thought of oh, the them. defense was bad last season. They were at 87. Okay. So like, I, 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 with the, like, I think this Washington state, like, but they're going to be coming off like just a slobber, like a, like a, like a real slobber knocker 
against uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Like I, I like <clears throat> I, you know, I, our our friend QB eleven had a good point about Washington. Like I like Cam Ward. I just don't love everything else around him on that offense. The offensive line, you know, the skill run, position players, running like, back. Well, I, I think I think the wide receivers are going to be good. I th- I think the yeah. running back is a problem. Um, yeah, and the offensive line is a problem. They're going to try th- like they're they're paying homage to a tight end, but I don't believe it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, if they're playing, if they're if if a tight end sees the field, given the way they've recruited in the last, <laughs> yeah. like they've lost their minds. <laughs> no, that's very true. It, and it's it's funny because, like, and we'll talk about this Colorado State game when we preview it. But I totally agree with you. This that was one of the games on my my uh, radar also. Where uh, it, look, Washington State might be able to throw for five hundred yards, but they might not, <laughs> and like, they just might come out super flat. And that's a game where you know you have a good coach that is um, has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, right? Moving from Nevada to Colorado State instead of Cal or somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm sure he. He's got a little to prove, but like, here's the thing between this year and last year is that we're in like tier three. Um, and there are still really good games, right? Washington has Kent state, which are they good? No, the whole Mac was God awful last season. Okay. Dang. I was kind of excited about them being good. Um, Like they've got a good, they've got an interesting coach and I think the offensively, they're not bad, but the Mac was hideous last year. This Michigan state game. Yeah. Could be really interesting. Like I like like Beta Rank's not all that high on Michigan State. I think that Michigan State can beat their projection, but they were they weren't great in the model last year. They were more lucky than good. But Washington at home is only about a three point favorite over Michigan State. So blindly right now, like I haven't done this, so don't don't go out and bet on these. But like blindly, my knee jerk reaction would be bet like take the spread with Kent State. I don't think I don't think Kent State wins, but I think that's a that's that first game for Washington, right? They're they they're trying they're figuring stuff out, you know, like you know, yeah. you wake up somebody else's house, you're trying to put on clothes, and you're just it's like everything's disorienting. Um, and then Michigan State, I I, I think Washington could beat Michigan. I'm totally with you. Like if if they're a three yeah. point dog, I I would almost bet that straight up and just sprinkle it because I do think Washington. I believe in Kalen DeBoer. I think I think some players on this team are quite good. And Michigan State got a lot of uh, luck and I would say luck in the transfer portal. Now, look, you know, Mel Tucker, God bless them. They recruited the right people. They brought in the right folks. But now they got to do it again. And now they don't have their, like, you know, once in a generation running back. <laughs> and yeah. you know, I'd like, I, I want to see him prove it against Washington uh, on the road in Seattle. Yeah, I'm just I, I I think Washington like what we saw from Washington last season like they were pretty hideous. They couldn't stop the run. I think that their their person like not just personnel but scheme wise they have changed to be able to better adapt to what their actual personnel are, uh, and the offense just should be better. And then if you look at Arizona State like this is the perfect like when I'm playing NCAA football and I have a chicken crap team like this is this is the exact schedule I put together. <laughs> You got Northern Arizona. You go on the road against like a top 25 Oklahoma state team, you know, with a new defensive coordinator and then Eastern Michigan, right? Like let's, yeah. let's test ourselves just for me. It used to always be Iowa. Cause I'm like, Oh, they're just going to run, going to run halfback dives all day. <laughs> like, but they're top 20 and I'm on the road and let, let's get, let's, let's get one for the Gipper here. Um, 
I, I, I think, look, I think Oklahoma State could be uh, a team with some upside. I, I watched your preview on them, and I thought it was fascinating what, what they're bringing. What do you think about that game? You know, I, I look, I, I don't think that Oklahoma State is likely to be as good as they were last year. Um, I think that they've had some, some personnel losses on defense. Um, you know, I, and, and I'm not sold that the offense takes tremendous steps forward, but that's it. Like, I still think they have a, you know, even though they don't have like a high ceiling, I think they've got a really, you know, high floor. Um, and I, I think Derek Mason keeps the defense in a good place. You know, look, they're, they're a 10 point favorite in the projection model at home over Arizona state now. I, you know, this is, this is, a, this is a really interesting game. Like, I don't think Arizona state is going to be so far off yeah. that they can't hang in this game. Cause look like, like it, but it, it is a hundred percent going to depend on their ability to stop the run because Spencer Sanders is not good at throwing the football. And like, I, it's weird when you think of like how Mike Gundy originally built this program, which is around like an air raid type offense where they really threw the ball around. They can't, they, they really stink at throwing the football. So they're going to have to be able to stop the run. Yeah. What, what I think is Spencer Saunders. I, um, is it Spencer Saunders or Sanders? Am I, am I being too fancy? I think it's Sanders. I think it's Sanders. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I could get in my head. Like I had a, I had a friend who had a car. Uh, it was, she, she drove this white Jetta around and her license plate. This is right after we got out of college said uh, mid twenties. And then, and then she turned 27 and she still had a mid twenties license plate. Huh. <laughs> and we can, we made her change it to late twenties. And that's kind of Spencer Sanders right now. Where he's like gone past the mid twenties. He's into his, his late twenties because he's been there forever. And just the, the production, I don't. I just don't think it's ever going to get there. So I, I do. I do think I, I trust Arizona State's defense um, enough to like. I'm curious what this spread is. I'll have to take a look at it because I'm with you. I think Arizona State, particularly at the beginning of the year, I don't think the wheels fall off. I think this team's going to compete for a little while, and I think the wheels fall off if they get hit in the mouth by a team that that shouldn't. You know, like that yeah. just steps up and just like Washington State or an Oregon State or something like that. I think that's where things start getting really rickety. So, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating game. I, I actually almost thought of this, but like I've just I have no I'm just not excited about this Arizona State team at all. I kind of wanted to go to Stillwater for fun, but we decided to go to Madison. It's, it was the right decision. Um but this this was on. This is a hundred percent the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, like. I just, there's just nothing about Oklahoma that's just like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> they got barbecue and, um, and football. Uh, I mean, I, I do want to go, like, that stadium is funny because, like, you're right on top of the sidelines. That's cool. Um, at that stadium, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But outside that, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Um, all right. So, last, uh, last team, which is just disgusting, you know, UCLA. Shame, shame. It's not. It's not last but not least. This is definitely least. Most least. The the furthest <laughs> you can possibly go, uh, if you wanted to be least. Um, UCLA has Bowling Green, Alabama State, the first FCS team they've played, by the way. And of course, they choose one that's just hot garbage. Um, and then Southern Alabama. Look, I hope you lose one of these games. I just. I, I don't care. I. <laughs> you're not in this conference for 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 a much longer. I'm just gonna say it. I hope you lose one of these games. If if there was a game, look, I I'm so I'm I guess I'm more bitter because um the season win total for UCLA is eight and a half because their schedule is so stupid. 
Like that, 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 that in itself has made me so angry about UCLA football. Uh, you know, if there was one game here, Rob, that they'd have the chance of, of not losing, but you know, the game getting competitive, I'm assuming it's Southern Alabama. Is that fair? It is. I mean, that, that's a team that, um, you know, is improving. I, they, they hired Indiana's defensive coordinator a couple of years back. Um, I, I, I think major Applewhite might be their offensive coordinator. Oh, old school. Um, that's worth checking. But anyway, like South Alabama is an interesting team. Like they're, um, they could think if you're going to come in and say like, I mean, like we talked about like Bowling Green, like the Mac was trash. Um, there should be a 16 point favorite there. They're a 14 point favorite over South Alabama, but that's, that's the one to, to maybe keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, like, look, UCLA has got a shot to really start out hot. Like they've, <laughs> they've got a shot to, to really get out the gate um, and pour it on. Oh, have I got it? Cause, a, the, cause they get Colorado before, like they don't play a really decent team until Washington. Oh yeah. I got that in big, bold block letters and like 17 size font on the sheet. We'll get to that game. <laughs> Cause I think UCLA is going to be feeling themselves and then they're going to meet Kalen DeBoer. I, we, we, we skipped over, this was my fault because I, uh, I, 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 I forgot to mention Wisconsin, but, um, Oregon state hipster. Oh, yeah, schedule. They, it's, they've got an okay one. I think they lose. So, so they got it. Here's the thing. So they have Boise state at home, which right. I think they lose. And then they got to go on the road to Fresno state. You think they lose to Boise state? Yes. I already bet that game. Um, I don't, I don't trust this Oregon state team farther than I can throw it. Um, they, they haven't recruited. They haven't recruited well. They will be able to run the football. And they have no defense, and I don't trust the internal hires. We, I've, I've seen that movie many times. Oh, we yeah. have a really bad. You know, it's been holding us back, not promoting the assistant to the bad defensive coordinator. That, that doesn't sound like a winning recipe for me. Do you, but like, so, do you think you think Boise State drops this game? I mean, so this is a toss-up in the projection model um, between the two teams. Uh, Oregon State projects at fifty-four. Boise State projects at fifty-five. It's hard. I mean, like, look, Andy Avalos, I, I, but I, I, I think both these teams have upside though. I, I think I'm with you. I think Boise state is likely to be more balanced of the two teams. Yeah. And Oregon state hasn't always started out terribly hot either. Um, out of the gate. It is. I mean, like I, you're right. I mean, like, I don't think Oregon state has like a massive talent advantage over Boise state or anything. But this is, I mean, this is a game that could go either way for me, really. Like, I, I, I think, I think you can talk yourself into either of these teams. Fresno's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Get, you know, like Fresno's uh, at, you know, this is at Fresno. Um, Fresno's a one and a half point favorite here in Beta Rank, and I think that's pretty fair against the beefs. Like, look, the beefs were a lot better than we haven't projected at 54 coming into this year, but they, uh, they've really struck. I mean, they, they haven't recruited. They to your point, haven't recruited well. They don't have as much coming back as you would like. There's, it just, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily their year. I think Hayner melts that secondary, just, just lights it on fire, and what, like, yeah, you know, like Indiana Jones, like Ark of the Covenant, <laughs> skin melting of that secondary. We'll see. Well, like, I, I hope, I hope Oregon State wins. That'd be a huge win for them. Um, which sounds silly to say a huge win like at Fresno, but it is like, I think that's a, that's a true road game against a good team with a good coach. And if you win that and you're an Oregon state fan, that's awesome. Like, I think you take that one and, and you move on and, and I think you win that game. You probably go to a bowl. 
Um, right. So I, I think that's that's an important one. All right, all right let's get so of all these games, Rob, your give me your three most likely uh, upset losses. So it can't be a team that like I had on here, Colorado at Air Force, but I think Air Force is going to be favored, so I'm gonna I'm gonna nix that one. Um, give me your top three upset losses uh, to a non-conference foe. Oh, where oh, um, give me. Ooh, geez. Like, would you, would Oregon State be favored in Vegas and <laughs> <laughs> against Fresno? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, like, and here's another one. Like, you're by the time, like, if this is early in the season, I would probably say Stanford and BYU, right? Like BYU knocking off Stanford. But by the time we get to that game. There's no way BYU is not going to be favored. Oh, I think they're a 10 point favorite in that game by the time it rolls. Yeah, out. I mean, by the time we get there, like that could be. So, top three potential upset losses. Um, oh, give me Colorado State, Washington State. Yeah. For sure. Give me Florida, Utah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, like some of these other ones just are, like, I don't think are going to be that close. <laughs> Where you'd say, "Oh, that's really an upset." What was your? Well, let me let me marinate on the third. Give me your give me your three. Yeah, yeah. So I so I had Washington State, uh, Colorado State. I didn't even think about Utah, uh, Florida. So I'm going to set that aside and give you two other ones. I had uh, Arizona, North, North Dakota State. You think Arizona's favored in that game? Yeah, I think they okay. will. But but like you know, I've I've um and and then and then I think there's a step like. You know, if if Oregon State is a favorite over Fresno State, I'd, I'd also put that in there. But the other yeah. the other two where it's definitely uh, uh, an upset, and these are more of a stretch. I had Cal versus UNLV and Oregon versus BYU. I think there's. A I've got. Yeah. yeah, my third is going to be Oregon BYU. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I like that one. All right. Well, let let's let's stop that front. We're going to go to our actual track games. We're going into the conference. We talked about our non-conference games. We talked about our non-conference possible traps. Let's talk Pac-12, and let's do it right after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. We're talking trap games. We're digging into the uh, the actual conference schedule here. And I think it's fascinating. I really like going through and you're, you know, you're matching up the buys. You're seeing who's playing who. You're looking at the sandwich games and all that stuff. And let, let's go week by week, Rob. And, and what I'm going to do with these is I'm going to I'm going to highlight the ones that I actually will, will likely zero in on. And then I'm just going to hide. I'm going to highlight some games that might get a little spicy here. That might get a little spicy. The, the one, the one like, you know, starting with week three, we're still in non-conference, you know, mode. I, I do like we mentioned the, the Washington state versus Colorado state. That's a big one. I do think that Fresno state USC game could get a little spicy, but yeah. um, you know, it, it just depends on that spread. Or I think we said, you know, 10 and a half. I think I might be on that 10 and a half if it gets there, because that could be a game. Is that, do you think that's fair? Yeah. All right. Anything else in week three? There's not a lot of conference games there, but. No, no, I, I, I think you're right. I would like that. That feels about right. I think for, for week three. Okay. All right. Week four. And look, 
I got punched in the face by by UCLA. Like the second largest win total I had was the UCLA under. I went back to the well this year. I don't care. I don't care. Life finds a way. Um, the one that jumps out at me, we talked a little bit about this before uh, in the non-conference portion, but UCLA is going to be feeling themselves, right? They're, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're 3-0. and We're feeling good. We, we get to go home um, and play Washington. They're going to be 4-0, and and I think they're going to be lit up by Washington. I think this is a game, like, I am I am really looking forward to this. I think Hainer's good. The one thing that makes me a little worried, Rob, is the defensive coordinator. You know, like he brought his guys over from Fresno. Let's see him do it against the big boys. But I think this is yeah. a game where if you're if you're UCLA, like th- this is one where they will likely be favored. And I think Washington comes out, and this is a statement game for them. Is that what do you think? Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it's a weird. It's on Friday too. Oh, um, gosh. give it to me. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Friday game. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think that's an interesting one, um, you know, in this week for sure. I mean, I, 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 I think UCLA is going to be feeling pretty good about themselves. They will not have had it been tested, likely in any way, shape, or form, you know, by the time that that one rolls around. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I, I agree there. You know that 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 one's a solid game. Um, you know, I, I think that they've got a real shot to, to drop that one to Washington for sure. I mean, it's, it, it, it feels like one where like Washington could really jump on them early. Um, particularly like, let's say Washington gets a win against Michigan state and gets some momentum going. Our poor friends at the what's Bruin podcast. Like I, I and, and shout out to them. Great podcast. They cover UCLA. I don't, I don't really dislike UCLA this much. It's, it's more just like, I think, I think it was, it's a combination of looking at their schedule and just going, Pfft. You know, like the stupid, right? Because they go, they go their first three games, and I'm sorry, this is probably week five. I was, you know, I included the week zero or whatever, and then they go to Colorado and they'll win that game. Um, but it, it was kind of a combination of that, and um, I was listening to the Quack Twelve podcast, and like Hithliday, um was just like you could have cut thirty minutes of the podcast, and it was just him complaining about UCLA not putting a depth chart out. <laughs> And it's all the things that I have screamed inside my head to myself. (laughs) So it's kind of like all these things that have like burst out uh, in a a ball of negative energy towards UCLA. I do hope UCLA is good this year, but I do have the under. I think they're going to lose to Washington. Do you have anything else for that week? Any games that popped up? Well, I mean, it's not a traditional trap game in any sense, but you do have Oregon's Stanford problem. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) No matter how bad Stanford is, is, they seem to just really cause Oregon fits. Are you talking about Washington fits? Or no, or that 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 week oh, Washington's yeah. playing UCLA, but Stanford is at Oregon. Like it's it's in no way a trap game. It is, however, every freaking year Stanford seems to like give Oregon far more of a game than they were expecting. Oh, I like that. I like that. Here here's the thing. So you, you Oregon Oregon has. Yeah, Georgia, Eastern Washington, BYU. Oh yeah, they're on the road, and then they got to sit like, and it's that weird game, right? They're just—it's kind of like you have on the road at Washington State. We can come home and we can play Stanford, and then we go and we we beat Arizona and Tucson by like twenty points, uh, which might actually not happen, um, but because Oregon plays terribly in the desert. But um, I can see that. I can see that. The, yeah. the one thing I, I want to back up one because I had mentioned uh, UCLA. In Washington, I actually met that was a week five game. I, I mix up my weeks. Talk about Stanford, right? Like 
Stanford plays Washington. And like, look where this game is sandwiched for Washington, right? You have Kent State, you have Portland State, and then you you have Michigan State. You're either going to win that game and be all over yourself, or you're going to lose it by a couple and be and and be depressed. And now, like you talk about teams that have a Stanford problem, Washington has a Stanford problem. And I was so yeah. bummed because last year that that game, like, because I was on Stanford because Washington's had a Stanford problem for like many years, and like it was that last you know YOLO touchdown that saved that that spread. But I I want to put that one on the radar, and I actually think that might be one where I'm going to bet on because I just think. Look, I don't believe in Stanford, but I do think that they get Washington at a funky time. And Stanford's coming off a bye, so they have a week to prepare for that game. And even though it's yeah. on the road, I think that I think that's really on the table. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, like Stanford's got an odd schedule this season. I mean, they they start out with Colgate, then they get USC, and then that's it. Like the, the they get a bye, and then they got Washington and Oregon, and and the schedule. Like, I mean, you want to talk about a trap game? I mean, it might be Oregon State. <laughs> Oh God, Lord Almighty, Lord Almighty! Because then they get Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, that's gross. So, but but the one thing is like that that stand that Oregon State game. I just I think Oregon State's favorite in that game, likely, right? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I like I think Oregon State is likely a favorite in that game. Um, I just think if you're gonna, um, oh yeah, oh I like that. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna like pick like Stanford to not cover like that, that Oregon state one is probably a good bet. Cause like they, at some level they could be spiral. Like, but it's also true. Like, man, by the time that they get to Arizona state, they could be spiraling, right? Like that is a tough schedule to open. I like that a lot. That, that, I mean, cause we talked about the, the Arizona one last year where like Arizona was always going to be, um, not favored in that game, but we just assumed they were going to get their head handed to them and they were, yeah. and that's this game here. <laughs> like Stanford. Right. I like that a lot. Um, and I think the spread won't be as friendly. Uh, right. Just because I, I think the books are going to be kind of catching up with, with things. They're not going to be quite settled. And I like that one a lot. Um, okay. Let's get to anything else in week six. That was a week six game. No. Okay. I had I had just one to keep an eye on, and I'm not I'm not marking this one in bold. But Utah does play at UCLA, and I think that's an interesting, um, you know, because they they go at ASU, then they have the Beavs at home, and they go on the road at UCLA before USC. So that's that's kind of a tough little schedule because you know I I don't really believe in Oregon State, but I do think that they're competitive. And then after you yeah. win that game, you have to go to Westwood before you play USC. So that's just that's one just to keep on your radar here. Um, and it's in favor of UCLA, so I feel I feel better about that. I'm not just picking on them. All right, week seven. You got anything here? Uh oh, you know, like I I think <laughs> I think I think Cal uh could be looking ahead to Washington. And, and not see and not see Colorado because Colorado I mean look call like because here's the other thing is like I think Colorado absolutely could be so bad to start out like color because like here's the way like Colorado's gonna start out in all likelihood oh and four then I mean, they're at Arizona. I mean, I I think Arizona's probably favored in that game. Yeah, I think so. So now Cal is co- or Colorado's coming off O and five. 
right? Yep. Now, now they get a bye week too, right? They and Cal share the same bye week for October 8th. And then, but like, if you're, it's, it's on the road at Colorado. Um, I could just see like Cal, you know, coming off their off week, they are going to be, they should at the very worst be three and two, right? Yep. And they will get a, and and then they get Colorado, Colorado team. They might be overlooking because like bang, bang, bang. After that, they've got Washington, Oregon, and USC. <laughs> All right. I'm going to add one more in here um, on that. Say in this, you know, another factor to keep in mind. What if Colorado fires Carl Durrell before that bye week? And you just, and you, oh man. And you get the team, right? The team always comes out with the fire coach. They always win that next game. Like they, they I just, know they do. Like if, if Durrell got fired, Colorado by a million, like Colorado's going to win by 40. <laughs> So I'm going to, I'm going to put that one in the spicy zone. I'm not going to bold that one, but I like it. I like where your head's at. I think that's interesting. I think if there's a, if there's a game that, that Colorado wins, you know, like they got Cal at home, there's not a lot of them and they're coming off a bye and that might be right. their shot. And I like that, right. You know, you have Cal looking, looking forward, looking over the edge of that cliff before they, um, before they fall into the hole. So that that's good. Let's see here. Week seven. Oh, okay. I've got a good one here. Washington State goes on the road at Oregon State. And if you pull over the Washington State, right, this is their seventh game without a bye. Yeah. Um, and this comes right off of the heels of being at USC. And I just, I don't like, I don't know. It's funny because I have, I have Washington State now losing Colorado State and Oregon State, and I have to get them to five and a half wins. So we have internal math problems here in my head. But, um, I feel like that's a game. I, I don't. I don't trust Washington State to go on the road and win a game like this after that many games in a row. Um, but I, I think the one thing, maybe, maybe I'm going to move this into the spicy zone and not and not put it in bold because um, I still think that Washington State is going to be able to throw the ball. You know, would you would, yeah. you would you put that on the radar or is that I might be getting? Too I would cute. put it on the radar because this feels like like look like. Yes, we have questions about Oregon State, but I really do have faith in the offensive staff um, to be able to put together a really good game plan. Um, and it just, you know, it just feels like a game that like Washington State could could lose for sure. Yeah, I'm going to put that back into bold. I think I'm going to do that one. Yeah, you know, it'll be. I'm just curious what the spread is because it might be like a. I think that spread's probably like three or something. But yeah, I just don't. I don't. I like I like Oregon State in those spots. You know, at home, they're either they have a decent team and they're playing a really good team, or they have a moderate team and they play a moderate team. Like those, those are the types of games Oregon State wins. So I'm going to put that one on there. Um, Rob, I didn't have anything between week eight and week eleven. You got anything in the in those areas? Yeah, I'm going to take Arizona UCLA. I got that one too. Oh, okay. So week eleven is when you started back on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So why, why do you have that though? But I like, cause I'm with you, but I, I'm just, uh, I'd like to hear. So I think you, at this point, UCLA is like, they're going to be in a pretty good spot, right? Like you're, you're going to roll out four wins to start the season. You know, maybe you lose two. Right. Um, but I, I think this UCLA team is good enough that they're going to win one, at least one out of three between Washington, Utah and Oregon. 
right? I don't know that they go 0-3 in that stretch. Ooh. So then you get, right, like, I mean, the, the, they've got a tough stretch. I mean, after likely just drubbing Colorado, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, then then they've got, a, then they've got three tough games in a row with an off week in there. They've got Washington at home. They've got Utah at home. Then they go on the road to Autzen. Um, I think they beat Stanford at home. I think they beat Arizona State, right? So they're on at least a two-game win streak. They've got USC the week afterwards at home, right? And there's like USC is like, I mean, but at that point, you know, you're likely talking about a team, you know, you see it like people are going to be talking because my guess is, is USC is probably in like the seven or eight, maybe nine win range at that point. You know, like my guess is like eight wins. Um, but people are going to be talking about that matchup potentially with USC in LA, right? Because like they both haven't been good in so freaking long, <laughs> you know, so they're both going to have like, you know, after beating Stanford, and Arizona state, they probably both teams have winning records and they're probably going to be thinking like, Oh, we've got this Arizona game in our back pocket, you know? Meanwhile, like, you know, McMillan and cowing, like, you know, end up catching like a bunch of passes for a lot of yards. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that's that's the thesis too is is just the poor poor defense on UCLA's front. Like, you know, if Arizona can put up points, they'll they'll be in this game. Yeah. Um and you know, take the over by the way on this game. It's going to be like 50 right. to 50 to 48 or something like that. I got you there. So, I I'm curious what you think about this one because it really jumped out for me, but now that I'm thinking through it, I I have reservations because I think I think it could be a problem for both teams. So Cal <clears throat> in week eleven. Um, so here's their their schedule before that. They go at Colorado, but then they have Washington, Oregon on the road at USC, and then they got to go on the road against Oregon State, and that is weird. And they got Stanford the next week. Yes, I, I mean here's the, like what's tough is I think that I I think Cal after that Colorado game, I think they're on a three game losing streak. Yes. And that like, that makes that Oregon state. I mean, unless you've talked yourself like, well, <laughs> so here's where, th- here's where I think that game could get really interesting. Like, and I, like, I don't know that, I mean, that game could be a toss up by the time we get to the beeves, but like, what if Musgrave has already been relieved of his duties by then, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like because like Cal's Cal will be. Let me think. You're like they're two, two and one, three and one. I would have them losing likely to Washington State. Um, so that's three and two, four and two with Colorado State. Then you're likely looking at a three game losing streak. So all of a sudden you've gone from four and two to four and five when you get Oregon State. I bet they've got their focus on the Beavers because they're really going to be thinking about bowl eligibility because they're going to need to knock off Oregon State and Stanford to get to a bowl. Yeah. Okay. It's it. Yeah. That that's kind of like in, initially I had it in bold and then I, and I'm going to take it off because I do I do agree with you right like that's a tough stretch. It's more that game likely determines their season and whether it's success or not. Right. Like because like you're saying they could come in and they lose those three and then they have to play at Oregon state and they lose again. And now you're in a little bit of a free for all, uh, you know, free fall here where you got to play Stanford's passing offense 
and then you have to play UCLA. And like, that's the difference between going like three and nine and going like, you know, six and four or six and five or whatever. Um, I mean, imagine the pressure. Uh, I mean, like if they went out, if Cal went out and like dropped to Oregon State and they're at four and six and need to win the last two to get to Bola. <laughs> I mean, like Wilcox, you know, like, yeah, he got the extension and everything, but like, it's not been a, it's not been a smooth ride. No. No, that's oh man, that's gross. <laughs> All right, well, I'll I'll put that in the spicy zone, and then of course, and then the last one, which I think I really do think this is the bet of the year. Um, like if you can if you can bet future games, it's the it's the um, Stanford BYU game. I just think Stanford is yeah. going to be done. Uh, may, maybe they actually win that game against Cal, right? Like, and then they, and then this is the next, and they, oh crap, like now you got to play a meaningless game against BYU, but it's not meaningless to BYU. <laughs> they got a lot of things to play for and that, and that trajectory is going upwards. I think that's, I think that's one of the better ones, uh, th- this year. So just keep a lookout for that. Um, any other well, ones? Here's one. Mm-hmm. Here's a letdown game for you. And that is, is like, we have another, it's not quite as stupid I mean, just patently stupid is that uh, like USC Cal oh, game last love that. year. I was all over Cal on that game. That was awesome. <laughs> but um, so both Cal, I mean, so like that, that USC UCLA game is the week before that actually is probably likely going to matter, but like, let's say Cal comes into this game against UCLA at five and six to end the year. Right. Oh, Yes. And UCLA, like, like if UCLA were to come off a win against USC or somehow like either that or like had some really disappointing game and finishes the season worse off than expected and Cal needs a win, like there's a trap game. Cause like I, you talk me into Cal being Cal's going to be somewhere right around bowl eligibility <laughs> for that, for that. Um, I think UCLA because the non-conference schedule is so bad um, likely already has bowl eligibility wrapped up by the time you get into that game. Mm, I like that one. That's a good one. All right. Well, I think, I think we'll leave it there, Rob. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll stay like, I'll keep an eye on these. I'll see, you know, as we move through the season, I'll try to highlight the ones that we talked about. Um, I'm going to go on right after this and see if any of the, if there's any future games of the year uh, to, to put some on here. But I think this, this, this is just the best time of the year, right? We get to prognosticate about games that haven't played. It's like playing with our little toys, you know, yeah. or, or like Joe Lombardi with his, with his uh, bracket, you know, before it actually comes on and then they shove him out of the way. So we, this is like our one where we start dancing around, but next week, we're going into previews. We'll talk season win totals. We'll talk full uh, breakdowns of uh, we'll probably do two teams at a time until we get into the end of conference season. Oh, I should mention. So we did get a couple a couple responses from our listeners. So um, one of them came from Quack 12 podcast. Uh, he basically says every game on USC schedule, the talking heads are forgetting that you need an offensive line to play football. And I, I get I get the sentiment. I want to run this by you. And I, and I responded, but they bring back their entire offensive line. And you got to assume that the running game is better under Lincoln Riley, who integrates a lot of that power, you know, run. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and there's, there's just some experience there. So I'm, I'm not as worried about the offensive line. What, what do you think about USC's line and, and how that impacts? I think people are overstating. We've talked about like the people are overstating the offensive line problem and they're missing the elephant in the room. <laughs> Which is, yeah. they couldn't cover a rush the passer last year. 
Um, that's your biggest problem. And like, look, they've got a like they've got a new run scheme in. They've got a new offensive line coach who's a great coach that they brought. I mean, maybe he doesn't end up being a great coach, but he's a really good coach that they got away from Texas A&M. Like that's a win. <laughs> like I expect the coaching to be better. I expect the scheme to be better. Um, like I, I, I expect USC's offensive line to not be nearly as bad as they had been. Right. Because like, there's, you just cannot talk me into that being like talent. Like that is just bad coaching, um, that, you know, that went under Harold. Um, for sure. And then, you know, like I, the, but the real problem is again, like, do they have enough on the defensive line? You know, like we talked about, like, I don't think there's enough top end defensive line transfers out there, um, for almost any team. And I don't think USC was able to fully rebuild there. I, I like some of what they brought in, but I still think that they are going to be thin in the secondary. And I, I'll be honest, I'm not always sold on Dante Williams as a coach versus a recruiter. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see what they do. I'm I'm excited to preview them because they we might put them last. Just Fair. because, so, well, like, yeah, you just don't know, right? Like, who's who are the starters? What's the yeah? What's the two deep? Like, I want to see, like before I preview USC, I want to get a sense of where the two deep sits. Yeah. Well, rather than do teams and pairs this time, we're just going to pick the ones we know for sure. We're like, ah, we know the starters in this one. All right, let's preview. Yeah. <laughs> like Utah's a good example. Um. All right, last last question. This comes from uh, at BD Giddens Six. He says Oregon may be looking forward to the Utah game uh, when they host the Purple and Yellow in November. So I'm just going to pull up that schedule here. Oh, I see what he's saying. He's saying that that Washington game might be a trap game for Oregon because they have Utah at home, right? Big revenge spot for them. Just getting waxed twice in a row uh, by Utah. I and and Washington's going to come up fired up, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's hard to like. I think this game, like, because they're going to be coming off probably waxing Colorado. You know, like I think that Washington's going to have their attention for sure. Yeah, I I, I it's, it's just that hard. For, it's hard for me to think of like a major rivalry game like that where where I'm not expecting Washington to be falling off the map bad like they were last year. Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine them not having Oregon's attention. Now, like I do think, I mean, good luck. You're probably going to need the Utes to turn the ball over, but <laughs> I don't think they'll be looking ahead for Utah. Yeah. And then when you take a look at Washington's schedule, I just don't think they're going to be in a position where, Maybe they will be, but right, like right, Stanford, UCLA, ASU, Arizona, Cal, Oregon State. It's not a murderer's row. Yeah. So I, I do think that you know Washington's probably what like six and five, five and three, six and three, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 I mean, Washington's going to be good enough that you know, like Oregon will not be overlooking them, right? Like, or Washington's not likely to come in with a losing record. I, I do. To, to, oh my God. If they came in with a losing record, people would just, be... oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not a joke. Washington listeners. It will be better this year. I promise. <laughs> well, yeah. Kick, well, you know, never say kick it worse. Cause it can. Um, I saw, I saw Kevin Semmel at Arizona. Um, the, uh, I, to his point though, I do think, I do think like, look, Washington's going to be improved and they're going to play harder 
And I think they're going to be more, there's more in that game for Washington than I think there will be for Oregon. Um, so, so I hear you. I, I, I like, I like the spirit of the question and I think it flies with what we were saying. So, um, so thanks for your submissions. Let I us mean, it's possible. It's, yeah, it's just, it's hard to, it's really just hard to see to anybody like overlooking anyone, like with that kind of a rivalry, like it'd be like you, like you can't imagine like USC, like unless somebody's really unexpectedly bad, you know, like really getting an overlook in a rivalry game. Gosh, man. Remember when Arizona lost 70 to seven? Yeah, but like, yeah, but Arizona turned the ball over like seven times. I, th- I think they did it on purpose. I really <laughs> they did. did seven times. The team had quit. The two deep was gone. Right, yeah. like that. The uh, that was that game. Like that game should just they like, should have just canceled that entire game. That game and the subsequent um, Sun Bowl, which was the same ASU team, right? ASU beats Arizona yeah. seventy to seven. Uh, and like, look, I didn't take a lot away from that. I, other uh, aside from what you had mentioned, you know, Arizona quit, whatever. And then Arizona State like literally like wraps the ball, you know, in in bubble wrap and like hands it over in a nice you know picnic box basket or something like to to Florida State. Neither team cared about that. I love this sport so much; it's so dumb. Um, all right, if you. If you have, if we missed a game that you think is a trap game, let us know. 12 pack radio at 12 pack radio. Um, Rob continues to go through uh, the previews at sharpcollegefootball.com. Rob, who you got next? Iowa. Everybody's favorite oh. offensive coordinator. Nepotism. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's exciting. Now, where, where are they in the, are, are you going, you're going top down, right? They're 25. One. Yeah. So like I would end up getting through like 30 previews. Um, so I've got five more to go. Okay. Well, keep a lookout for those. They're excellent. If you want to see some advanced stats, some breakdowns of each team, coordinator changes, you know, like Rob, Rob really does an excellent job. Um, I think I'm all caught up on, on him too, which is, which is great. About 20 minutes each, just a nice rundown of each team. If you're a PAC 12 fan and you want to know who you're playing against, here's your chance. And then all of our numbers are in sharpcollegefootball.com. They're all free advanced stats, breakdowns, like everything's on there. So check it out. Thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you for previews next week.